It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, and today I'm here with Diana Gutierrez. Diana, thank you so much for being of here. Of course, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, 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 thank you. Um, so we were going to start off by just obviously getting to know you a little bit, but I thought it was worth mentioning that um, actually uh, you had just interviewed or had on your show uh, yeah, Nelly Vasquez Rowland from A Safe so, Haven. Yeah, which is so crazy because, you know, you you walked in and you were like, oh my gosh, <laughs> the mug. Uh, no, you, you there are certain people you meet. And there are certain people who you can genuinely feel connected to and, you know, have a, a great conversation with. And I had never met her before today at 6 a.m. You know really? what I mean? So so we had the conversation. We talked about homelessness in Chicago tied into the coronavirus with everything that's happening yeah, nowadays. Yeah. And, and you just feel that the person really cares. You feel that they're is uh, an issue in Chicago that needs to have let, uh, light shed on it. And it's one of those issues. So we... We chatted for a little bit, and and she left, and you know, it's like I wanted to chat with her a little bit more. So yeah. I, I love having. That she does have with that people. effect on people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But here we are. No, that's awesome. So with that being said, what is it that uh, you know? Well, the, the context of you guys meeting. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So I am a morning reporter for the show called The Jam on WCIU, the CW twenty six, and it's a morning show, yeah. like any other. It's six to eight a.m. in the morning, Monday through Friday. We don't have a typical newsroom, right? So the news program is complete of maybe four people, including okay. the executive producer. Oh, so wow. it's me, another coworker, another reporter, and my news producer. Everyone else is pretty much in charge of the other segments of the show. So it's news with a little bit of entertainment. And we do news differently. So if there's a topic, say coronavirus, <laughs> we are going to give you the facts and then the hosts are going to chat about it, right? We're going to get into the community. We're going to talk to people, see what they're feeling instead of just reporting ABC, that's the fact, move on to another house fire, move on to another shooting, move on. We're, we sit and we talk about things, right? That matter to the community. So that's what I absolutely love about the show. And also we're not on on weekends. So sometimes when things break or sometimes when things happen, we have to find creative and alternative ways to tell the story. Sure. Because let's say something happens Friday evening. Well, no one's at the newsroom <laughs> You know, Friday at 6 a.m. because we all go in at 2 and and then by Monday the story might be old or sure. you have to find new angles so it's always a, a challenge and, and a blessing to, to work there seems like you enjoy it though oh I love it oh I, I mean everyone's always like what time do you go to sleep what time do you wake up I wake up at 2 30 oh wow depends 2 2 30 if I have to straighten my hair <laughs> and uh and you know we go in at 3 30 and you go to sleep when you're tired I guess yeah. I don't know I don't I till this day I've been doing morning tv for a while I haven't necessarily figured out a schedule I don't think you ever get used to it honestly. <laughs> our nap's a big part of your day oh for sure yeah. I should be napping right now actually <laughs> oh wow. no, I'm just well, kidding thank you for being here so napping. <laughs> of course <laughs> now you took a I would say not an unusual route but a, a shorter route than people usually take to get yeah. to where you're at right gosh I mean, I mean there are over 200 markets sure. in in the United States in terms of tv broadcasting and uh, I was blessed to have a job right after college. I graduated uh, DePaul University 2016. And I was, I was kind of freaking out because everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's so hard to find a job in TV. Uh, and then I got a call from South Bend in a matter of like a week. I was like, okay, well, South Bend is close to home. Yeah. I don't know anything about South Bend except maybe Notre Dame. You're and right. that's because I Googled it. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and I started August. So I graduated June, started August. And, you know, I was I was there for about a year, maybe and a half. 
And I got a call from the executive, from the then executive producer at WCIU saying like, hey, we need a spot filled in Chicago. Are you interested? I'm like, are you kidding me? Am I interested? That's home. Right. That's market three. I was in market back then. It was like 96, 97. Now it's 99. But that jump from 96 yeah. to three. That's amazing. It, it, I mean, you can't make it up. No, it's a blessing. And how, so tell me, t- take me through that, that, that those emotions and you know those yeah. conversations <laughs> that you had with people that are close to you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So just a quick story. So I was working weekends. Um, I was uh, anchoring on the weekends and it was New Year's Eve. And I remember I was so upset. I watched it turn uh, to 20, what was it, 2017 at the time. No, 2017, 2018. And I was like, this is the worst day of my life. I'm like, literally, instead of hanging out with my family, because I come from a big Latino family. So we celebrate together. We are supposed to do birthdays together all the time. Doesn't matter if you're 50, if you're two, if you're whatever. We do birthdays (laughs) together no matter what. And um, so... I was just so, so hurt that I was, you know, not in, in, not in my hometown, not celebrating a holiday with my family. And, and we did the show. It was a really good show. I loved my team back then. And okay, whatever. That was Saturday. Monday comes around. I get a call. Hey, uh, I'm so-and-so from so-and-so. Would you like to come and, and kind of try out for this position? And at first I'm like, okay, someone's pranking me. This is a joke. Did you really think that? No, I mean, yeah, I did. I was like, cause I didn't know like it's by like name, yeah. well, yeah, because you know, if you're like, oh, this is so and so from I this see. company, yeah. I'm like, I mean, that Doesn't could be anyone, you, exactly, because right. I had no idea. So then I set it up. I, I did my research, looked up the show. I had no idea what the show was. Looked up the show, looked up the uh, people working there. Went on my brother's birthday on January 15th to do the tryout. Right. Mm-hmm. It was so cold that day. It was snowing, terrible weather. I wasn't feeling well. I did the tryout, and then I got offered the position. Right. So then That's I came amazing. home a couple months later like living the dream, right? I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm in Chicago. I never thought I would be saying like reporting live from downtown, Diana Gutierrez, you know, it's so weird. Um, And so then obviously people started getting curious on how that journey happened. So um, yeah, I started getting requests just for people. Hey, can you share your story or tell us how this happened? Sure, of course. And I will never forget this one interview. Uh, the, The person interviewing me was saying, oh, you must be so lucky, which... At, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily take what people say negatively take, because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you, and you don't ever want to assume, right? So I, at the moment I was like, yeah, you know, it's pretty cool to be living this thing that I'm living through. And then I came home and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't think it was luck because I had worked so hard in every type of story that I did, no matter if it was, um, this volunteer has been doing volunteer work for 90 years, you know, over exaggerating mm-hmm. or, you know, President Donald Trump is in Indiana visiting. Sure. So it, it was. It didn't matter what story. I, I love telling stories, and that was what the base of of my purpose was. So I don't know if it was necessarily luck. In in South Bend, you know, I I MMJ'd. I shot, edited, produced everything by myself. So even to come home was a blessing. Like I wasn't even thinking about getting my own photographer or you know getting someone to drive me from location to location. Sure. That was just like a luxury to yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think it was, it was a combination of hard work of God's timing, uh, being there at the right place, right time. The executive producer at the time was from Indiana. So he was home for the holidays and he wow. just happened to be flipping through the channels, wow. saw the station I worked with ABC 57 and gave me a call. Wow. Like, my yeah, mind, no, you no, know. no. I, I don't think it was lucky. <laughs> at all. We talked about this too, but I, I mean, it can't, I, I don't want to say it can't be easy, but cause I don't know. But maybe you can share some you know, insight with that. That it doesn't seem like there's a lot of Latinas in you know in the news, yeah. and and it doesn't seem like you're at an advantage 
um, being a Latina, so I, you know, I, I find it hard to, to see the logic be, behind how it's lucky, right? Yeah. Um, but, but what is that like? I mean, you're young, you're first generation yes. American. And what was it like growing up? You're from the south side of Chicago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, when did you know uh, that you wanted to be a reporter or that you wanted to be in media? Yeah, so I worked, um, I was actually in print when I started off. I worked okay. for Austin Weekly, which is a very super local newspaper on the west side of Chicago. And um, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I was freelance. I had no idea what that was as a, what was it, third year um, student at DePaul. And so I went in, I um, you know asked them if they needed any help. They were like, yeah, we need writers for these type of stories, was on my first story. Uh, and it was covering gun violence in the area. Mm-hmm. And so There's I plenty re- of that. Yeah, of course. I mean, those stories will never end, unfortunately. Right. But I was talking to this woman who uh, let me inside her house and, and we were chatting and I had asked her, I was like, you know, why is it that you are raising your three boys in Austin, right? On the west side of Chicago, where, you know, I mean, this block is just known for X, Y and Z, mm-hmm. you know, known for so much violence. Why is it that you are staying here? You know, and it wasn't in she was explaining to me, she's like, it, what, it's not that I can't leave. It's just that you don't understand how much this neighborhood means to me, really? how much I love my, my neighborhood, my community, my block, my, my home. I, I can't leave my home. Wow. And, you know, and, and I tried so hard to, to genuinely write that on, on paper and, and express. And I think I did a pretty good job, but if I would have just had a camera or, or something mm. that you could have seen her, her, she was tearing up. I mean, this was like mm. serious to her. And that was the first moment where I realized Chicago is more than just Chicago and Chicago is more than just violence and more than just stories and words on paper. Like you, I, I would have wished that you could have seen her, her interview, her story through her voice, not necessarily yeah. mine. And, you know, I quoted her and things like that, yeah. but it's not the same. No. So I came back and I was like, oh, TV journalism it is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now. What what was your family's reaction to? Uh, I mean, to you uh, yeah, uh, I have a very strong Mexican household, as I mentioned. <laughs> and first of all, my my dad was like, "TV está loca, like please no, like he's like please, go study law, go do whatever you want, be a teacher, just something that's more secure." And that was always that conversation around my and household. And I just didn't see it as being a secure job? Or? No, you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know if, I remember at the time, um, a lot of journalists in Mexico were either uh, getting assaulted or, you know, getting mm. hurt on the job. And so maybe, you know, and, they, and they're so, they're always so tied to, to home, which is Mexico, right? Sure. Their roots are in Mexico. Everything is in Mexico. So they almost even read news that comes from Mexico instead of reading news that's coming from gotcha. here, uh, which makes sense. I understand that. But they were so stuck on the idea of, of being safe. I'm not saying that they never supported my ideas, which were probably crazy most of the time, <laughs> but it was it was something that I think they wanted me to just be successful. Sure. And since they've they've had it rough since they you know they crossed the border and they came here, worked to get their citizenship, it hasn't been easy for them. And I think that in their idea or in their mind, easy means steady, means secure, and you know, I'm over here like, I'm gonna be an actress, I'm gonna be <laughs> in TV, you know? It was just really bizarre to them, because yeah. that was maybe that first conversation they had. I mean, I had no idea that I could be on TV, because it wasn't something that I saw a lot of Latinas in news. Not at all. Right, no, so. you don't see it. Or you, I my, mean, especially not growing and, up. Yeah, no, know? and even now, you know, even now where my dream is like, good morning America. Sure. Well, there's not really anyone that looks like me or or that sounds like me. And that's me, why you're going to get it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we're saying it right now. We're spinning yeah, we're it out into the universe. universe. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, how do they feel about it now that they see you make this tremendous jump? 
Oh yeah, no. I mean, they they have always supported me no matter what. I remember um, I actually wanted to take a step away from DePaul because I went to a CPS high school, mm-hmm. predominantly uh, black and brown kids. And then I go into DePaul and it's predominantly white. And sure. I was like, hold on a second. I don't belong here. I, like, yeah, you this felt is, that way? Yeah, I was like, this is not who I am. This is not where my friend group is. Mm. And I came home one day and I told my dad, this was after Buddhist Art 101. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I remember because I had to memorize like all of the goddesses, and I was like, "This is so these corners I, like, I hear." Oh I mean, my gosh! Just... This is, by the way, I love Buddhist art now, yeah. but back then I was like, "This is the worst <laughs> class ever." Um, I told him I was like, "You know, I I'm, I didn't even I know Buddhist had art, by the way." There you go. You need to look it up. <laughs> Shiva is the most beautiful sculpture you'll okay. ever see. All right. Um, so she or I, I was telling my dad like, "Hey." I, I want to drop out. And I never thought I would even say that. Um, but I was like, n- maybe not drop out, maybe go into a community college, get myself together, get my feelings together. I don't belong. Right. And so he told me, he's like, okay, o tiras la toalla o te secas el sudor con ella. Well, I love so that. do I have I to lo- translate? No, no I mean, we're, we're we'll, we'll translate for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in the yeah. subtitles later. It, well, either um, you throw in the towel or use it to dry your sweat off. Right? Yeah. Which is, which is that, I mean, I will never forget that he said that to me and I was on my bed like crying like I'm gonna die this is like the worst day of my life and he said that and I was like holy cow there are so many other things that could go wrong you know I I could be sick um I I could you know have a one-parent household I have two very supportive parents two parents that love me that that are there for me that would do whatever for me and that they have been through so much worse you know I have the opportunity to go to a school like like DePaul right I had a full ride for crying out loud like it wasn't anything that was like super stressful it was just that I didn't fit in I felt like I didn't deserve it sure and I think that's something that we as Latinos whether it's Latina or Latino or Latinx or whatever you want to call it, we need to embrace. Yeah. You deserve to be there. And and that's yeah. something that I just didn't feel at the time. No, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's so much of what is prevalent in everything that we see yeah. is that people feel like they don't deserve mm-hmm. something or they don't belong, right? And that's really what we're trying to change is say, you know, you do belong. And it's unfortunate that even as we try to feature people or, um, you know, include them as part of the Face Chicago business and we reach out to people in the community and say, wow, look at your story, this and that. The biggest response and the saddest response we get is, why me? I don't get it. Why me? And it's not just, I mean, yes, it is very prevalent in Latino communities. Don't don't get me wrong. But I think it's also just something that transcends um, cultures throughout the world, right? That this, I don't belong, I'm not enough. So, you know, when you had that, that, these feelings, and it seems like you overcame them, you got your degree from Mm -hmm. the palm. How how much does that influence, you know, your day to day in terms of what you do and how you use your influence and, you know, your exposure and, you know, your outlet to maybe to address some of those things that you felt going to school from, yeah. you know, a black and brown uh, high school. CPS. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and I'm so grateful for all those experiences. And although, you know, I look back and I, I remember exactly how I feel or how I felt um, during the worst days, I, you know, it, it, it really wasn't the worst, right? Sure. I, I was just so, so grateful to have those opportunities and learn from them and overcome them and realized that some of my colleagues didn't feel that way. Like they, they never overcame it. They may have graduated or, you know, maybe they went to other universities, but, but that, that confidence aspect hasn't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen that spark in them yet. And Mm. I mean, that came with time. I'm not saying I'm like a hundred thousand percent confident now, but I know that I'm here for a reason, right? I'm in market three reporting (laughs) in Chicago for, you know, a a station called WCIU, the U. I mean, are you kidding me? Like you, you know, we grew up with the U. So, 
so I deserve to be here as much as my coworker deserves to be there, as much as everyone in that newsroom deserves Amen. to be there Good because I have something that I can share, right? right? I have someone or some community or some something that I can relate to that I can then bring that and shed light on or share a story about. So I think that for me, it's, it's more than just me now. It's more than like, oh, you know, do I deserve to be here? Do I not? It's more of like, do, does this community deserve to have their story told? Does this family who is fighting immigration deserve to have a second chance? Does this, whatever it yeah, is, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Now it's it's more of, of a community that I think I have that's behind me, which is amazing. I love that. But it's also like a pressure too. So you got you have to learn how to balance both. Well, there's definitely a lot of responsibility with that. Sure. You know, and I commend you for seeing it that way and, and, and wanting to take that on, you know, well, head on. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, and I know we talked a little bit about this and I don't even like bringing up the word. I know you mentioned it, uh, but there's this pandemic of fear. What is he going to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's the oh, word gosh. that that usually entails some beer and a beach yeah, in I Mexico. Know. I was right? hoping you had some samples. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but I, you know that the the idea that people have this non-deserving mentality also translates into a mentality of fear, and I think it manifests in so many different ways. And we're seeing one of those manifestations now of how people are reacting and running out and buying toilet paper for yeah. things that are like, why do you need toilet paper? Like, why yeah, is that first even, of all, I don't know. Relevant? I don't like, know what? how that would help. <laughs> right, in, like in a starving. Like, you know, let's say you run out of food. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not going to need toilet paper, paper anymore. We'll yeah. No, you know, I. It, it's very interesting. And the conversations that I'm having at home, again, parents who prefer to read news in, in Spanish, right? And now that I'm in the news, they kind of rely on me a little bit sure. to share the story. And I, I always tell them, I'm like, you guys, we have to read. You know, we have to find out information on our own, you know, and then talk about it and debrief it. Obviously, there are a lot of crazy websites out there that either, you know, play it off like it's nothing, play it off like it's the end of the world. So we have to be careful on kind of Absolutely. our sources and where Absolutely. we read. But Ultimately, if we are not informed, and this goes beyond coronavirus, this goes beyond, uh, you know, World War Three, you know, mm -hmm, allegedly, mm -hmm. this this goes to the census. This goes yeah. to uh, what's going to happen to the immigration reform that's supposed to go on Absolutely. this summer. You know, we ha if you are not informed as a community, I can I cannot any information that I tell you is going to go straight Absolutely. you know straight through you you're not even going to care because you have already made up your idea or your mind on on how certain things play out right yep. on how a certain view is responding so number one with with this virus that's going on you know my mom told me the other day um and i hope she doesn't mind me putting her on the spot she's <laughs> like oh did you know that coronavirus isn't new this is something that's been planned for i don't know how many years and i'm like you know, she's like, it's like since like 1980 something, whatever. And she's like, no, this is something that they have seen. Like why isn't, yeah, yeah, why isn't there a cure for it yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it, explaining it was difficult because I'm like, mom, this is, this is an outbreak of coronavirus, which was probably rooted somewhere, somehow yeah. in a, another type of, it's a, it's a branch of the flu, yeah. right? And we've seen that with the symptoms that are so similar to the flu. Absolutely. So how do you explain to someone that's so deep into this conspiracy theory mm -hmm. that it may not be that, or, you know, who knows at this point, we're at a, we're at a spot where we don't know where our outbreak is heading to, right? right? The president is supposed to announce the national state of emergency. So we'll see. But again, taking everything like you had mentioned earlier with a grain of salt, yep. making your own judgment. And for me, I mean, I'm, I'm faith based. So I heavily rely on God and, you know, and, and my judgment too. I mean, I'm not going to psych myself out. That's the, no. the worst thing you could do. And I told my mom too, she's like, well, I'm in the age group that gets affected most. I'm like, mom, take a breath, calm mm -hmm. down. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens because at this point, 
you never know, right? Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. No, you don't. And it, it's it's so important to realize that there's there are no cure for viruses, period. There never has been. I mean, been. there never, there <laughs> never, <laughs> never has, has been, been, right? Our like, body fights these things on if its own. If there was a cure for the cold or like runny nose or <laughs> allergies, trust me, I'd <laughs> probably be on that list because I my allergies are terrible. Yeah. Again, I, honestly, stay informed. Yeah. And, and realize, you know, there are so many people that are like, I'm booking this 1999 trip to Dubai and you can't tell me anything. I'll be out there. And yeah, okay, fine. But you have to pay attention to what's going on, right? Yeah. So if you go, you get something, you come home, you have elderly uh, individuals in your, ho- in your house, you know, you run that risk of, of getting them infected because they do react to it differently. And so there are multiple things. But that's things. been the, the same thing. Look, my, my, my grandma who just passed away uh, last year, I mean, when, you, when as she was getting sicker and sicker, it was one of those things that if you were sick, you're not coming by, right? Exactly. You have, like, that, that hasn't changed. Like, that's been the same thing exactly. for so long. So, yeah, no, no, I totally agree with you. And I, I think the one thing I'm, I would love to, to see more of is these conversations of not so much how do we respond to the fear, but really how do we embrace courage and you how do we become, embrace it yeah. at this point you know you have to you it's all a mindset right it is. and we were talking about it earlier if you think that the cup is gonna spill and it's going to crack and whatever i mean it, it's so crazy to think that how powerful your mind is odds are it's probably something is going to change or alter and you're gonna be like oh my goodness like you know the power of the mind and yeah. that's the same thing here too you you think you're you're sick you i mean i could repeat a thousand times i have a headache and then out of nowhere i'll start feeling a little pain somewhere so understand that your body's powerful too it's you just have so to take powerful. care of it yeah well i appreciate that good words to live by um, <laughs> quote that no, I'm somebody probably said <laughs> no, definitely it quote. Um, so what's next you know personally professionally yeah, um, what's so, on the horizon for you i mean look it for me the obviously news is so strange it's not a job where you can be like oh in five years i want to do this it or, seems like it's changing so it, much and too. look let me tell you because nowadays we're cutting down on a lot of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not with WCIU because things are a little differently. Like I had mentioned, it's not a typical news station sure. with, you know, hundreds of staff members, but I've seen this in other states and other, um, you know, coworkers, colleagues that have worked with me in the past that say, hey, you know, I had a photographer and now I don't. Uh, so, you know, now I'm MMJing, which is that multimedia sure. journalist position for the same amount of money, which is like, okay, so now you want me to shoot, edit, write everything in a large city like New York. New York has MMJs. I mean, Chicago really? has MMJs. Yeah. ABC, CBS, they all have that position. You'll see it and it's fine. Is it's, it usually smaller segments or? I mean, um, yeah, it's different. Obviously there's like different things. They're not going to send you, you know, to a house fire or breaking news to a shooting sure. or something like that with just you obviously there are safety regulations and the union and all that stuff but you're starting to see that pop up more and more Interesting. and then also this digital streaming service right so who's home watching the news at 5 p.m nowadays right. whether traffic is terrible whether your commute is long it doesn't matter like you are probably reading articles on your phone anyway you're looking for quick information you're looking for quick information bullet points facts a yeah. quick minute video if anything and in that whole traditional, you know, coming to you live at 5 p.m. from whatever, just doesn't exist anymore. Well, it doesn't exist also, but it's a great point. I mean, that's exactly why. I mean, I remember growing up watching the news was because you want to know what the weather was going to be like. And right? the, in the mor- especially in the morning. And yeah. that's it. And you're out the now door. Now every device has it. And exactly. you wake up and it's you're bombarded with information. Exactly. And it's almost like I mentioned earlier, I 
know, turn off those news outlets because it's just I have to find where you know what's what's best for me, right? And and if I'm getting the information I need, then yeah, you probably tune out. So it's it's interesting you bring that up because yeah. I you know didn't really think about it too much. But no, I mean like, and I grew up wanting to be that, yeah. right? Like I remember you know even when I was younger and we would sit and watch Univision, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish like that would be the best job ever to yeah. deliver stories to you know be just like you and and the other co-anchor, and it's just it, it just seems unrealistic now. So it's so tricky for me to answer the question like what's next or where you want to be where what do you have planned I have to adapt and I have to be willing to change Mm -hmm. right because who knows I'm not taking anything that I have now for granted I'm I may or may not see a change and you know luckily I've had the experience where I started off as an MMJ and I know how to do all those things obviously I might need a refresher so (laughs) you know if anyone's out there hiring me you know don't expect something crazy in terms of editing but you know it's it's always so so interesting because I'm always, I sometimes envy the people that are like, Oh, I want to be senior vice president or something like that, or senior manager. And we just don't have that because you, you never know, you know, if I move, I can move to, I don't know, Miami, I can move to California and then start all the way at at the bottom, you know, or you can get an anchor position. If it's the right place, right time, they're going to get you. So you always have to be fluid in that. So, so it's staying such a present hard right now. Yeah. yeah. Right now I'm good. You're, you're present, <laughs> which is important. And you're doing a good job of it. Absolutely. So. Thank you. So, you know, last question I have for you is really just uh, from the advice of giving to the younger generation, right? Latinas, uh, yeah. Latinos, uh, anyone really in, in those situations that you found yourself in um, where they feel like they don't necessarily belong or maybe college isn't for them, whatever it is that's going yeah. through these young people's minds, what advice would you give uh, to them to yeah. get them to where they really want to be and where maybe they don't feel like they deserve to be. I think uh, if I would have known that it's okay to reach out to individuals who are in that field that perhaps you want to follow, um, do it, right? Mm. Not all of them are going to respond. I remember I reached out to a couple CNN reporters who were Latinos and I got a response, you know, not from all of them, but, uh, you know, Nick Valencia. How'd that make you you feel? I mean, Ana Cabrera. I mean, I was like, what is going on? And I always thought of them as like these higher ups, untouchable, don't talk to me, I'm on breaking news. And and they're just like us. They put their pants on the they same way, They are right? just like us. And if I had the courage to do that earlier, maybe I would have had a little bit more insight on where the industry was or what it took to be a CNN reporter. So or, how, how old were you when you did do that? Um, I mean, I was in South Bend. This was, oh, I was wow. already a oh. year in, yeah, I was already a year in I think in that actually profession. takes more courage to, to do that. I mean, when you're a kid, I feel like you yeah. have nothing to lose. Well, but yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I wish I would have done it maybe during the job search, right? Sure. What do you recommend? What should sure. I be? emailing to employers I mean I had no idea right so college doesn't necessarily prepare you on how to do or for much. everything else <laughs> or you know exactly um so it, it did prepare me on, on how to write a story and, and how to edit and sure. do everything else but in terms of everything that goes on in terms of negotiating a contract I mean are you kidding me I had no idea I didn't even know that you had to negotiate I can tell you what I want my salary to be and negotiate that yeah would have never thought sure so little things like that you know kind of getting the insight of of what actually goes in newsroom so definitely if you if you are aspiring to be someone or if you have a role model don't fear to reach out to them that's like the number one thing i wish i would have like someone would have told me and also we had mentioned this too don't think that you don't deserve to be there and it sounds so crazy it's like you know so taboo but you are there for a reason i'm a a firm believer of everything happens for a reason and every single person at that table has something to offer. And the reason you're in that room is because you have something to offer. You're a huge part of whatever team that is. So 
I don't care if it's TV, I don't care if it's business management, it doesn't matter. You you need to take that role that you have and and exceed it, right? Because if you're just coasting, I mean, there's no satisfaction in that, right? You're sure. coming to work and it's cool and then you go home and you do the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think challenging yourself, believing in yourself and and knowing that sometimes you're going to get no's yeah. and that's okay, right? So a lot of people Probably are getting like, a lot of no's, right? Uh, more no's than, yes. than yeses. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, how, how do you maintain such a positive attitude with all the negative stories that you you say that yeah. you you know tell us and things like that I can imagine it takes a toll mentally well yeah yeah that's a big that's another yeah another that's topic another, another topic. podcast episode yeah, another, <laughs> yeah exactly no but you know you you learn to separate and you learn that there is there's a good and a bad and and you have to be somewhere in the middle right you can't always be in the good and you can't always be in the bad what i'm saying trust in yourself believe in yourself and and know when to ask for help that's great advice. Great, great. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you for being here and taking the time out of your busy day. Of course, of course. I look forward to having you again, but thank, thank you. you. And um, we'll see what happens. Thank in the you. Upcomings. And I, hopefully we, we get to inspire, you know, if it's one person, if it's five people, honestly, you know, and it's so hard to share your story. And it took yeah. me a little bit to share the story to my own story. Um, but I'm doing this just because I want other people to know that it's possible. And I can, you know, and I don't know how to say it in any other way other than like, it's not going to be the same story as my story. It's not going to happen the same way. You're, you know, you may or may not jump from market 96 to three, but there's a possibility there. And if you just take the time to explore it, I think we're in, headed in the right direction. Awesome. Thank, thank you, Diana. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Guys, if you want to learn more about Diana, click on the link below or you can contact her directly. Appreciate you. And thank you so much. Thank you.